Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ezekiel with me this morning. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. Being Father's Day, guys, I want to speak to our fathers this morning. So moms, ladies, you can listen in, you can take notes this morning, and, but I really want to speak to the dads and the fathers in the house this morning. And last, last year, I uh, had the opportunity to share some good old dad jokes with you. How many of you guys love a good dad joke? I heard one this week that, that I, from, a, from a father, he said, I think it, was, it goes this way, how come you guys, how come a nose is not, called a, uh, is not 12 inches long? I already messed it up. Because if it was, it would be called a foot. Oh, come on, somebody. Man, y'all are a hard crowd, man. So this morning, before I preach, I want to share with you, I read this week, I thought it was funny, things that men say but they don't actually mean. Because men have their own lingo, you know. Ladies, I know you have, you, you have your own lingo, but men have, they have their own lingo. They just say things that don't really make a lot of sense sometimes. And this is, the first one is this. When a man says it would take too long to explain, what he actually means is I have no idea how it works. He has, I have no idea how it works. When a man says, it's a, it's, it's, you wouldn't understand, it's a guy's thing. What he actually means is there's no fault pattern connected with this, and you have no chance at all of understanding. It's just, you wouldn't, you just, it's a guy thing, you wouldn't understand. When a man says, I just cut myself, it's really not that big a deal. What he really means is, I have probably severed a limb, and I will probably bleed to death, but I will not admit that I'm hurt. Right? I will not admit that I'm hurt. When a man says that I can't find it, come on, man, you know what I'm talking about. When a man says I can't find it, what he actually means is it didn't fall into my hands, so I am completely clueless. (laughs) Spoken true. How many times have you ever walked in somewhere to look for something and you walked out, and you could not find it, and, you, and your wife walks right in behind you, and she comes out with the exact same thing that you went to look for. Has that ever happened to you before? Y'all are telling stories in the house today. Never. Last thing is this. When a man says, I am not lost, I know exactly where we are, what he actually means is that no one will ever see us live again. <laughs> no one will ever see us live again. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, says this. It says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. And then he goes on to say this, but I found none. There's several times in Scripture where men of God stood in place of a generation. Moses, there's some other prophets that stood in in the gap for a generation that had sinned, that, had, that God was about to destroy and God was about to wipe off this map. And these men stood in the gap and he began to pray. And because of their pray, because of their faithfulness, the generation was saved. So men, I want to I challenge you today is this, is that you may not be a, a, a biological father any longer. Your children may be out of your home. 
Some of you are now grandfathers for the very first time. Some of you, are your kids have already moved out of the house. Some of you still have children at home. Whether you're a biological father or not, what God is looking for is godly men, spiritual fathers who will lead the way. Because in our society today, there's a lack of men in the home. And it's evident. It's evident. Uh, statistics say that when the man comes to Jesus for the very first time, that somewhere around 90 to 92% of the family will follow. So men, you play an, a, an important role in this thing, standing in the gap for your family, because they're going to be under attack. You're going to be under attack. And our job as men, as, as fathers, is to stand in the gap and to lead the way. God has made you uh, a, and a great man. He's made you a great leader, as Buffy just talked about. Sometimes we look at our lives and we can come up with excuses of why we can't follow what God has called us to do. But I can tell you this morning, if God has called you, then God has gifted you with something that he wants to use. But we have got to stand in the gap for those who can't stand for themselves sometimes. For those that need direction, for those that need assistance, for those that need a spiritual father in their life. There are men, there are, there are, there are young, young men out there that needs a spiritual father, some guidance that maybe you work with, that maybe you're friends with, that just needs some spiritual guidance in their life that will help them. Maybe they're stuck in a rut, maybe they're in a difficult time, but they just need somebody that will encourage them to lift them up, to stand in the gap for them so that they could carry on to the next moment in their life. You see, God has called us to leave or to lead. He's called us to take responsibility as the as the head role in our home, to work hard for our family, to love them in a way that God loved us. An unconditional love that just that will never end. It will never go away no matter what happens in your life. A father and a mother's love will always be there for you, no matter what you've done or no matter what has happened in your life. You see, God is not just looking for godly men, but he's looking for godly fathers. He's looking for spiritual fathers that will lead the way, that will stand in the gap for their families, that will stand in the gap for their friends. That will stand in the gap for their co-workers. That's what God is looking for. He's, he's looking for men who will lead by example. Because there's many of us in this room that has had that father that led the way for us. That showed us how to live. That showed us how to work. And to work hard. And to be proud of how you do things. And, 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 and to enjoy the things that you have in life. But also but, but to learn to stand in the gap and to pray for your family. Because our families are under attack today, guys. And can I tell you, men and women, fathers and mothers, we're under attack. Because the enemy is trying to destroy the family. So we need to learn to stand in the gap for, for our brothers and our sisters and our families and lead the way and lead by example. Lead by example. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7 says this. It says, the righteous lead blameless lives. This is what I love. It says afterwards, blessed are their children after them. The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. Guys, we're called to leave a legacy. We're called to prepare the next generation for a move of God. 
The Bible says if we don't prepare this generation, if we don't lead the way, then the generation that comes after us, they're not going to know this God. They're not going to understand miracles. They're not going to know about salvation. But God has called us to lead by example, to stand in the gap for not only our children, not only for our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren, but for those that, 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 are, that are in our church, our, those little boys, those little girls, whatever, to lead the way by example. This morning, I'm, I'm so thankful for spiritual fathers. I'm so thankful that we have a church of men that lead the way. We have a church of men that lead the way, that, will, that are standing in the gap, that are, that are doing what that God has called us to do and that is leading their family. So I'm so thankful that we have a church full of godly men and godly fathers. So this morning, I want to share just a few things with you that I feel like God spoke to me this week about characteristics of a godly man. Characteristics of a godly man. You see, godly men or godly fathers, they are men who will learn to lean on the Lord. Godly men and godly fathers are men who will, lean, or who will learn to lean on the Lord. Not to lean on them own, their own selves, not to lean on someone else, but to lean on the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 says this, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not on thy own understanding. In all the ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. What do I get from that? That God has called men to lean into the Lord. Can I tell you sometimes, men, we're not really good at about doing that. Because God ge geared us in a way that we're, we're fixers. Now, we don't go by instructions very well, but we can fix things. God has called us to lean into him, not to lean on our own understanding, not to try to figure out this family thing on our own, but he's called us to lean into him and to learn from our heavenly father, which is the best father that you can ever have. He says, lean into him. Don't trust in your own understanding. Don't trust in other things of this world, but learn to lean into him and to trust God in areas of your life and how to raise your family, how to be a godly father for your wife and for your children and also those that are around you. See, it's hard for us to do that sometimes, men, but that's what God's called us to do this morning. It's to lean into him. It's to lean into God a little bit. Why? Because the closer you get to God, can I tell you this morning, it will only help you. It will help you to be a better father. It will help you to be a better husband. It will help you to be a better co-worker. It will help you to be a, a better brother. Whatever it is, when you learn to lean into the Lord, it will only help you and not hurt you. It will only help you and not hurt you. You see, God wants us to learn to trust in him more than we trust in ourselves. More than we trust in our economy. More than we trust in our job. God's called us to learn to trust in him more than anything else. Why? Because he is your salvation. Jesus Christ is your salvation. You see, the, he is your saving grace. You said when you learn to lean into him, you understand salvation. You understand that God becomes your saving grace, that God has called you to lead the way in salvation. You see, dads, God is calling you to talk to your children about the gift of salvation. He's calling you to lead the way. He's calling you to lead by an example so that they can see it in your life so that when they grow up, they will say this, I want to be just like my dad. 
I'm going to be just like my dad. So, so fathers, you, you, our job is to lead the way through salvation and talk to our children the importance of what salvation is and why we need it in our life. Lead by example. Be the person and the man that God has called you to be. No longer do we need to make excuses, but we need to lead the way in an example in how our Heavenly Father has spoken to us. You see, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10 says this. It says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is a gift. Dads, salvation is a gift to your children. And what greater gift than to give your child than the gift of salvation? You can never give them a gift that will ever equal to salvation. That will ever equal to salvation. But it is a gift from God. It is not because of our works. It is not because of what we've done or all the great things that we've achieved in our life. But it is, it is a gift given to us by the grace of God. And it, are, it is our duty to pass it on to our children. Let them see it in our lives and let them hear us talk about it in our family. Salvation is not a reward of the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Dads, your children, they're your masterpiece. God has gifted them to you. For a short season, for a short time, and it is your job to lead by example. It is your job to talk about salvation. It is your job to lead the way to let them understand how important it is to be a godly man or a godly woman. You see, one day I pray that when my daughter gets married, that she will marry a godly man. That he loves the Lord more than he loves her. Because that's important. Fathers, do you love God more than you love your family? Because it's very important that you do, that you love God more than you love your family. Because when you love God the most, then, then God will show you how to love with unconditional love to your family. But we have to lead by example. God's called us to talk about salvation because it's very important for our family. Because what greater gift do you have than to take to heaven one day your entire family? Man, talk about, uh, talk about your quivers being full. Your children all together in heaven with you one day. Why? Because you led by an example. And you led the way. So God's called us to talk about salvation and how important it is. Matthew chapter 18 verse 3 says this. He says, then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Children trust. They don't have a problem with trusting so men, we need to learn from our children to trust God. Why? Because they trust you. So we need to learn to trust from our Heavenly Father. Why? Because God's calling us to lead the way. Number one, or another thing that he spoke to me was that not only is he your salvation, but he's your strength. God is your strength. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 31, and, or excuse me, verse 30 and 31 says this. It says, even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not grow faint. 
trusting in the Lord for new strength. Trusting in the Lord for something new for you, but also for your family. That's what, that's what Isaiah is talking about. That he is your strength. That dads, when you feel like you can't do it anymore. Dads, when you feel like you want to throw the towel in and walk away. Or when you feel like nobody's listening to you. Remember, God is your strength. Learn to lean on him. And God will give you exactly what you need to be able to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. Because today in our world, our men are walking out on their families. They're leaving them behind to fend for themselves, for their children to raise them on selves. And God has never called men to do that. He's called men to trust in the Lord and to find their strength and realize that our strength is in God and nothing else. It's important that our children see us pray. It's important that our children hear us talk about God not only being our shield, but God being our strength. Can I get an amen this morning, men? You guys are, are kind of quiet on me this morning. God has called you and given you the strength that you need for your life. Psalms 147, verses 10 and 11, the Message Bible says it this, and I love how it says in the Message Bible, it says, he's not impressed with your horsepower. Come on, men. He's not impressed by the size of your muscles, which means little to him. But those who fear God gets God's attention. They can depend on his strength. God doesn't care about all the doodads that are in your garage. God doesn't care what's under the hood of your car or your truck. What God cares about is are you gaining strength from him? Because when you do, he's impressed with you. That's what the Bible says. Getting God's attention this morning by how you live your life and how you're living the example in front of your children. He is your supply. Philippians chapter 4 verses 19 says, But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You see, men, we, we, we want to be the breadwinners. We want to be the mighty hunters. But ultimately, we need to understand that God is our supplier. God has given you the strength. God's given you the talent to do your job and to lead the way. Understand that he is your supplier in your life. He gives you also, he gives you wisdom. James chapter 1, verses 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Man, how many times have I needed wisdom in my life? Even as a young man and early in ministry, needing wisdom and how to handle situations and how to talk to people and all these things. But the Bible says if you need wisdom, what do you need to do? You need to ask God. You need to ask God. It's like he's waiting there patiently for you to come to him and say, God, I need your help. I need some wisdom here. I need some guidance in this situation, God. I, I, I need some help in this situation. He's, he's there waiting for you, and he's not going to rebuke you or send you away, but he's going to give you exactly what you need in your life. He gives you your wisdom. One of the greatest things that we need to be a great leader or a great father is wisdom. Is wisdom. Before Solomon ever became king, he prayed for wisdom. And after he prayed for wisdom, God blessed him with everything else. So as a, good, as a father, as a spiritual leader, we need to be praying for wisdom and know how to know how to handle situations even currently or that will come later. Wisdom is, is huge in our life. So godly men learn to lean into the Lord. But here's another thing about a godly man or a godly father. They lead. They lead. They don't step in the back. They don't want, wait somebody else to do it. But they lead. 
They step forward and they begin to lead. Godly men and godly fathers lean into the Lord, but not after do they just not only lean into the Lord, but they step forward and they become leaders. They become leaders in the local church. They become leaders in their family. Godly men become great leaders. Listen, godly men become great leaders when they're led by the Holy Spirit. You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. You cannot be the father. You cannot be the dad. You cannot be the grandpa that God has called you to be without the Holy Spirit. God's called you to, be, to lead the way, but he's also called you to be led by the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, we need, we need to make sure that, that the number one thing in our life that uh, is important is our relationship with God and that we are not being led by our own flesh and desires. You see, men, we, are, we, we, have, we have situations in our life. We're, we have things that come up in our life that we need God's help with. And we need to squash those fleshly issues in our life that will not hurt us later on in life. You see, we cannot become great leaders until we learn to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17 says this. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are, so that you are not free to carry on your good intentions. Be led by the Holy Spirit so that you're not living and being led by your flesh. And being overcome by the things that the, that the enemy has for you in your life. And then in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth within me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live because, by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Being a great leader is allowing your life to be led by the Holy Spirit. You see, you're called to to lead, but you're also called to lead your family. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 23 says, For a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. Dads, listen to me this morning. Do you understand how big of a responsibility that God has placed upon your shoulders to be a father, to be a leader? And listen to me this morning. If he placed it upon your shoulders, then he knows that you can accomplish it. He would have never given it to you if he didn't think you could do it. He's given you the strength. He's given you the wisdom. He's given you the things that you need to lead by an example. But, but, get, but just begin to lead as God has showed us in, through Scripture. Lead your family. The hardest thing that you will ever do is to be a good husband or a good father to your children. But that's what God's called us to do. Because our, our fathers as well as our mothers are under attack. You see, being a godly father... Being a leader means that sometimes, listen to this, dads, sometimes you have to discipline your children. You have to discipline your children. And I know that sometimes as a father that's hard to do. But if you don't learn to discipline your children, they're not going to understand how much you really love them. I don't, when I was a kid and my father would discipline me, I didn't understand love at that time, but now I do. There were times where my father had to discipline me. Why? Because I was not doing something that I needed, to be, do, that I needed to, to be doing. And discipline is hard. 
But can I tell you this morning, sometimes you have to discipline your children. Just like sometimes God has to discipline you. Because sometimes we get outside of his leading and sometimes we get outside of his, his direction. God sometimes needs to discipline us to bring us back in. Why? Because he loves us. It's not done out of any other reason but simply love. It's to nurture, to guide, and to lead them, to teach them, and to be the father and the leader that God has called them to be. You see, Eli was a man who lived in the temple. He was a prophet, but can I tell you this morning, he couldn't lead his family. He had two sons that blasphemed God. Even though he may have been a great leader in the church, he wasn't a great leader in the home. you got to be a great leader in the home, men. Also a great leader in the church. But you see, David, David wasn't a good father either. David didn't have a good father in his life. So David really didn't know how to be a good father. And you can read it in Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 13. It talks about where uh, Eli, Eli never disciplined his children. He just let them do whatever. And then it goes on in 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. David never disciplined his sons. And it showed in their life. We have to learn to love and to discipline our children and to lead them in the right way and to model it in front of their life. You see, godly men, not only do they lean into God, not only do they lead, but the last thing is this, and Michelle, but you can come on up this morning. They lean, they lead, and the third thing is this, they love. They love. You see, godly men and godly fathers are men who love. They love. Not only do they love their families, but they love God first. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 3, it says this. It says, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. If you love God, listen to me, men. If you love God this morning, people will know it. People will see it. Godly men love God first. And then they love their family. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, the Amplified Version says this. It says, if anyone fails to provide for his own, and especially for those of his own family, he has denied the faith and is worse than the unbeliever. Fathers, you're called to love God first, and then you're called to love your family. That's how God set it up. He didn't call you to love your family first. He didn't call you to love the church first. He called you to love God first. Then he called you to love your family. And the last thing is this, he called you to love your church. He called you to love your church. See, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Can I tell you this morning, that's a promise from God. That if you train up your children in the way of the Lord, that when they get older, yes, they may, they may go in another direction. They may explore all these other things. But can I tell you, if you train them up under God's leadership, they will come back. That's what the scripture says. But they love their God. They love God, they love their family, and they love the church. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says this. It says, let us not, or let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. 
and all the more as you see the day is approaching. And then in Romans chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, or 10 through 13 says this. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual, spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. That man is the characteristics of a godly man. A man who will lean into the Lord. A man who will love his family, who will lead by an example, but also love his family, love the Lord, and love God and the church. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.